Episode 77, Kevin Gearhart. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. So sometimes we run into people that are just locked in to life, as I call it, and you can just tell they're in their element. That's the CEO on today's episode. He's passionate about leading his people. He's passionate about growing a successful company. He's passionate about change and really good at it. Whether thriving through acquisitions or navigating strategy that had no shot to work, he's got some really great insights on the mindset we should take around change and evolution. You're going to love this. Kevin Gearhart, welcome to Gut Plus Science. I'm so excited for you to share more about the muscle you've built among you and your leadership team to embrace change. Innovation is at the forefront of business success topics today. Many want it, but most don't know how to get their people, A, to get creative, B, to embrace constant evolution. I'd love for you to help open up this conversation with your thoughts on why it's so important to you and your business. And then also, how did you get to this place that evolution and iteration is just the norm? Yeah, thanks, Nikki. First of all, thanks for having me on. Exciting topic. And I think it's one that, that's obviously very personal for me and our business, just because we're so adamant about just focusing on constantly evolving. Um, and, and I think for us, it really, for me, it starts with just having an understanding and a mindset of, you know, what works today may not work tomorrow. And I think that in our business, we're in healthcare. And I think a lot of businesses are like this, but there's always constant change. And with constant changes, whether it's things that are in your control or out of your control, I just I'm a firm believer that, you know, if you're not evolving, you're dying. And, and we've just really taken that to heart. You know, it just it's kind of funny because my son and I is 15. We were driving down the road the other day and, and he saw a red box and he's like, hey, dad, I remember when we used to rent movies from Redbox?" And it just made me think about the idea of, of the need to constantly evolve. And then it just kind of made me think about Netflix and how they started. Right. They used to just mail out DVDs um, and, and then they, they had to evolve into you know a company that all of a sudden was streaming videos and movies. And, and now they've evolved to something completely different where they're probably one of the largest content creators out there. You know, I think I think there's always good examples in technology because it's just so obvious. But I think for us in healthcare, it's it's just as important because we're seeing so many changes every single year. Uh, you know, for us in our industry, and we're in a very niche industry of healthcare, in the last 10 years, you know, 40% of the businesses have gone away. And, and so that's a massive, massive change because people are either going out of business or there's, there's massive acquisition and consolidation. And so, you know, for us, that's where, you know, we, we absolutely believe that if you're not evolving, you're dying because we see it every day in our industry where, you know, these companies are literally just closing their doors because they can't evolve and they can't change with the times. And so for us, we just recognize it's really important uh, for our industry and for our business. And so we just, we just really embedded that into our culture that we're going to constantly look for ways to change and ways to evolve. And, and we're going to do it every single year, every single quarter. We're just, we're always focusing on it. It's really important part of who we are in our DNA. And I'm really curious, you know, you think about the greatest fear of an individual supposedly like over death is public speaking. And, you know, you think about business fears and I'm pretty sure I've read articles that it's people, you know, employees just fear change, almost like a public speaking fear, right? The change is just, they're not ready for it. There's so many books out there on, you know, how do we embrace this? You know, who moved my cheese kind of set the tone for that, if you will. How did you get to this place that 
you know, evolution or iteration became this foundation in your leadership? And what was the journey to get people, especially your leadership team, to embrace that? It's been an interesting one. I, I think I always think about, you know, the the phrase necessity is the mother of invention, right? And I think when, you know, we've gotten to a point probably about a decade ago, and really just seeing a lot of changes in our industry, whether it was, you know, price compression from reimbursement cuts, you know, Medicare was coming out with all kinds of changes in terms of how they're going to reimburse competitive bidding. There's just a lot of change in the industry. And so we really just recognized, hey, if we don't make these changes, we will not make it. Um, and so, first of all, we just embrace that. And then the next thing is, is, you know, like you said, it's getting other people to embrace it. That is really hard to do. And it's and it's a constant challenge. And so, you know, it's definitely not something that happens overnight. Right. You, you got to get certain people to buy in and understand why we're making these changes. And I think for us, it's easier now because we built a culture of change. But in the beginning, we really had to work on it. And I think what we, we realized was we've got to communicate constantly and, and, and constant communication is obviously the starting point. For us, what we found to be successful was focusing on two things as we're communicating to, to our teams is one, understanding the why. Why are we making these changes? Why are we shifting directions? Why are we doing this? Really understanding the why because people can get behind it a lot better if they understand why in the heck we're making these changes as opposed to, hey, we're, we're now going to sell this product, right? And if they understand why, they at least can get behind it a little bit better. The second thing that we constantly communicate is what does success look like? And, and that is a really important piece that we, we use all the time because as we're talking about change, it's not just why are we making this change, but we want people to have a vision of where are we going and what does success look like? And so we spend a lot of time really stepping back and thinking about what does that successful venture look like? If I look out a year from now, we make this change, where are we going to be? And I think that helps people to kind of visualize what that looks like. And I think it helps to alleviate some of the fears because when you talk about change, it's the fear of the unknown, right? They're like, how does this impact me? What happens to my position? What happens to my team? Am I less valuable? You know, there's just all these things that people create in their mind. And if you can create a vision for them, that shows them, hey, this is what success looks like. This is where we're going and let them attach to that vision instead of their their fearful vision, right, which are typically very opposite ends of the spectrum. All of a sudden they get on board and now they've got something they're driving to with you. Right. And, and they're not fighting you because now they're going, well, I'm going to fight the change because I'm worried that it might go here. They know where it's going and they're on board. That change process is a lot easier to embrace and, and to realize. And so those are the two things that we constantly go back to. And, and we're just we're communicating as much as possible in as many ways as possible. Right. You know, it's, it's different mediums of how you're communicating. So it's frequency. It's also different mediums and making sure that, you know, people hear messages in different ways. Right. So so we want to try and hit as many of those pieces as we can and try and work through that successful evolution of change. I'm going to totally put you on the spot with a, a, a question here, maybe for an illustration, and let's see what you got. So culture of change, you all have created this, you know, you said it's not an overnight thing, like this is, we're still working on it to get there, this culture of change, and then getting, you know, everyone from executive to the front lines on that page. Can you think of an example of someone that just their innate nature was against that? Like, this is just not part of who they are, but you hired them for a reason, they're on the team, you know, because they're 
great at what they do. They just were having a hard time with this. And you've seen the shift. And through that, you know, helping them understand the why, through that, painting a vivid vision of success, we've been able to walk this person to be on board with our culture of change. Anybody come to mind? I think there's probably a lot of people that, that you know, as I think about the best example and probably the biggest change that we went through was when we first started our change process, we, we decided to shift our, our main product and, and really the focus of what we do. Uh, and so we did that probably almost, you know, eight or nine years ago. And so I think at first we had a lot of people on the sales side that were, were truly against this, right? Because it, it was a very big change. It was going to be a change in how their commission was structured. It's a change in, in who they were selling to. You know, we had some people that were very successful in that approach. And, and I think at first we had some people that really kind of wanted to fight it because they were like, well, I, I don't know if this makes sense, right? They, they realized what it's going to change for them individually. And, and some people almost had to basically start over, right? It's a new position because now you're selling into new accounts. You're selling, you know, a different approach and a different process and a different model. And so I think, you know, we had a couple folks that, you know, one of our top reps out in Kansas City, he basically was really struggling with this because he was just having so much success in what he was doing. And I think it took him a while to get there. And I think, I think really what we talked to him about was, you know, what are we trying to accomplish? Right. And, and so as an organization, understanding that, you know, what does this look like if we don't go down this path? And, and we walked him through that process of if we don't make this change, here's the things that are going on in the industry that will impact you. And yeah, you'll continue to, to do well in terms of, of your sales. But ultimately, the, the price compression on those sales was going to be so much that his commission very quickly was going to be taking a hit to where his personal lifestyle would have to change. And I think getting him to understand you can either you can either fight the change and the market's going to change it for you anyway, or you can get on board and you can go down this path and really change your approach. And I think, you know, as he worked through that. And again, I, I think the biggest thing was him going out in the marketplace and having a little bit of success and then a little bit more success and then seeing that what we were telling him and what we were working with him on was going to come to fruition. And I think he just kind of saw that and eventually he got there. And, you know, this gentleman now is one of our regional directors doing very well with the company. You know, he just it was that buy in that was tough, but but making him see the vision and then helping him work through that. I, I think it's probably the best example of, of that success. And, you know, here's something that I just put two and two together on is in that story, I think it's a great reminder for leaders to realize that sometimes we've got to give a gap of time for people to really go out and try and experiment and see this for themselves because you, Kevin, had been thinking about this for months. You know, you saw this coming. You were there, right? Before all of this change was coming it was well baked out for you. And by the time you're bringing it to, to him, you know, he's just not there yet. And so I think for us to expect that change is going to get embraced overnight, no matter how great our raw, raw conferences are, we put together whatever, right. Or the great sessions on like understanding your why and getting a vivid vision and what does success look like? That still is not going to be a, a fast change and to give some time for them to whether it's failing forward or whatever, right? Making sure that that time is is given. So that was that was awesome. I think that's a, a great point, and that's something that we see. You know, that we've done with a few acquisitions where, you know, we're working through. And we bought a company in Florida um, at the beginning of February, and so we've gone through this process. Myself, a couple other leaders, we we had plenty of time to, to work with this. The owner of that organization had you know months to literally work through that and mentally get to the point where he was ready to sell. We were ready to buy his company. And, and the employees of that company, they literally have, 
hey, by the way, we've decided to sell our business. You now work for this other company. And so that's something that we we think about constantly when we're going through acquisitions, because we know that that is such a life changing moment for those individuals. And you talk about the fear of the unknown. I mean, they're now saying, hey, I worked for this guy for 15 years and now he sold his business. And yeah, he's going to stay on board. But what changes? And so for us, we definitely recognize that time frame for people to absorb change is critical and you can't force it. And as much as you know, you try and get them there as quickly as possible, it just takes some time for some people to truly believe that what you're saying is the reality and that they're going to be in a better situation now that they're part of our organization. And so that time frame, I think, is so critical when it comes to change is understanding and thinking through how long is it going to take for someone to accept that change and being as supportive as you can and also offer as much as you can throughout that process to help get them there. Because that that is so critical. That is such a great point. I'm glad we got there. So going back to this uh, communicating constantly and then underneath that, um, understanding the why and what does success look like from a tactical perspective, like equipping toolbox wise for someone listening, like how do we do that? Can you kind of just talk about, you know, do you, do you launch that across like all leaders and then empower anyone that's leading people with that kind of a platform to do that? Is this something that one person in the organization is managing across the board? Just tactically talk about how to how to do that. Yeah, I think I think really where we approach it, and this goes back to my comment about frequency and then as many different methods as you can. So it's not just it's not just, you know, me or our CEO standing on a platform saying, hey, this is where we're going and this is what we're doing, right? It's getting a number of leaders involved across the across the the board and making sure they understand. Because what, what happens is people aren't calling me and asking me questions about, hey, what did you mean by this? They're going to their manager or their director. And so those folks have to be equipped to answer those questions and, and truly understand what we're trying to accomplish. And so it is a it is a comprehensive approach. It starts with, you know, heavy communication at the top. It also starts with making sure that our leaders are prepared before we communicate to the to the team exactly what we're doing. And they know exactly why we're doing it, how we're doing it, what their role is in that communication strategy as well. That's another thing that we want to make sure they're prepared with is, hey, how do you answer this question? What type of things do you think people are going to want to know and how do you help support them? And so, you know, it's it's getting a strong leadership group involved And then it's also just, you know, how do they communicate, whether it's, you know, individual meetings, whether it's group meetings, whether it's, you know, you know, massive communication is a lot of different touch points that we hit on. And and depending on the the type of change or the amount of change dictates exactly which direction we go with how much and what the frequency is. But, yeah, the more people are involved, the better for us. So Kevin, I, uh, and I haven't shared this with you, but so I'm a doer, a maximizer grinder type of person. And I absolutely fell in love with the phrase you said, execution drives strategy. And I'm really excited for you to elaborate on that. This is something that for us, we've recognized and some of it's been, been through experience, but I'm just a firm believer that, you know, in this day and age, I think strategy is a starting point right? It's a hypothesis and it's, Hey, this is what we think we're going to do, or this is where we're going to go. And, you know, hopefully it's based on information that you have, whether it's data or whether it's, you know, a gut or it's market feedback, but it's a starting point. And I think from, from there to me, I think really what happens is you start moving and, and we're the type of operation that we drive very hard and we go very quickly. And we also have a tremendous feedback loop. And so when we start driving that feedback loop, tells us what's working and what's not. And I think once you start executing, to me, that execution starts driving the strategy. Because if your strategy is poor 
and you still try and execute on it and it's not working for a number of reasons that either you didn't know about or you didn't think about, you're going to be failing and going in the wrong direction. For us, once we start executing, that execution and the market feedback tells us where to go and, and how much you know gas to throw on certain fires, right? And so we're constantly moving and letting the execution drive that plan. And again, it starts with a strategy, but I just think that execution is, is 90% of it and just going after and, and don't be afraid of change, right? If you're wrong, you're wrong. No harm, no foul. We're going to we're going to quickly change the direction if we need to, to be successful. I'm not going to hold on to, you know, well, that was an idea and I think it's right. Hey, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll be the first to admit it. Let's keep moving. That execution is going to tell me and the market's going to tell me if I'm right or not. Right. It doesn't matter what I think. It, It matters what the market thinks. And that's where I just think that execution driving strategy approach is just really critical for us because, you know, we're 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 just moving and we're trying to be successful. But it's it's not my opinion. It's the market's opinion. That's awesome. That's definitely going in the show notes as uh, one of your famous quotes, <laughs> Kevin. And two things that came of that for me is um, don't wait till perfect to execute. Like that absolutely drives me crazy. It's like, hey, we've got a great idea. Let's just move on it. Let's try something because you're going to iterate anyway. And then on the other side, you said it, don't be afraid of change and do change fast many times. I think the first thing that came to mind was hire slow, fire fast right? You've got like a cancer happening here, get it out now and don't be afraid to, to change that. So I love that. I'd love for you to talk about a time that you had a plan in your strategy, whatever, well-baked and you got to a place that you're like, we got to veto this. Yeah, Nikki, uh, we absolutely have an example of a time when we had a plan. We thought the plan was great. It was really, really good. And then we recognized very quickly that it wasn't. And, and so you know, the example is, is when we were shifting our product focus and where we were going, we had, we had a whole plan of how we're going to go into these large accounts. And we have what we feel is, is a very, very strong sales team. And so we felt confident that our sales team way better than the competition. Uh, we're going to go in there and we're going to basically just take some business from them. And as we went after this and we had a massive campaign, rolled it out, all the sales reps in the company, we're going full steam ahead. We start getting into these accounts and we recognize that those accounts had these long-standing relationships that no matter how good we were and no matter how good our process was and how much faster we were than the competition, the reality is those, those relationships weren't getting broken and we had no chance at breaking into those large accounts. And so this huge plan that we had that was basically going to drive our business into the future just came to a grinding halt. And the second we started getting that feedback and realizing that this didn't work, you know, we had to make a decision. Do we keep pressing? Is it the execution of this plan? Is the plan really good? Or is it, you know what, this is just not working and we need to shift gears. And so we quickly regrouped. We decided that we're going to basically take a different approach to try and try and cut off uh, some of these accounts in terms of going after them in a different way. And, and what it forced us to do is get very creative with our approach. And what we have now is a very unique approach for the industry that no one else has. And and honestly, it's what's really driven us and been able to grow over the last several years. And so, you know, for us, we've had rapid growth over the last five years, and it's because we had to shift our plan very quickly. What was what we thought was fantastic was absolutely not working. And it just, you know, again, that evolution of, hey, market's telling us this isn't going to work. Let's shift. Let's modify. Let's go a different approach. Um, and it's been really successful for us. And I think that I think that example just carries us. It's why we're so willing to change, because we know that that's what built this company, essentially. 
And I would challenge all of our listeners to think for a second about a time that you were in crisis mode about a plan not working out and you it forced you to innovate. Maybe you're not even a creative type, but forced you to reach out, get a mentor, figure out how to solve it. And it, and it became like a game changing solution. And just to, to think, okay, that's, that's a far-fetched big example. And just in everyday life, like we can just embrace the fact that you know, getting a bunch of heads together sometimes can come up with something way better than the plan. So much better than letting the train run off the tracks than not figure out, you know, an, an alternative way to get creative for a minute. And it could be something that exponentially is larger and more impact than what was planned anyway. So I, I bet all of us have examples for that. So leadership, the reason for this podcast is helping leaders to get equipped with great mentorship type of advice to grow their organization through their people, like how to lead people and get them engaged and fired up about what they do because humans are the game changers. So you're big on this concept of, I got a lot of quotes from you on here, Kevin. So stacking your bench. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how that's important, especially in the constant evolution and, and in leadership, you stacking your bench with the next layer of leaders. Talk about that. It's been critical for us, and it's been a, it's been a very successful you know opportunity for us. As I mentioned, we've grown you know literally over the last four or five years, we've grown thirty percent every year. And for us, one of the reasons we're able to grow, and most of this has been organic, is because we have people that are ready to step up and step in. And so when we're talking about going into a new market or opening a new office, you know the first thing we 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 think is who's going to drive this? Because we know that we can't, we cannot have a plan that doesn't have someone who is driving that plan. And so for us, a lot of that comes down to, okay, who do we have, right? Who, who do we have that's ready to step up and move into that role? Because we have good, good structure. We've got great leadership. Now it's, it's how do we, how do we add people to that level of leadership that are ready to go? And I think that's one of the reasons we've been tremendously successful in terms of being able to grow is just having people that one, they know our culture, right? And I think that's really important. I think it's hard to, to grow rapidly with people that don't know your business and or don't know your culture. And so for us to have a strong bench and people that can step into to roles and, and keep leading in, in the way that we want to lead the organization, it's just allowed us to be really successful. And so, you know, with that, as we've seen this success, it's kind of one of those things where the momentum kind of builds on itself, right? Because what happens is we try and develop our, our employees and offer them as much leadership opportunity as they can, whether it's through classes or leadership programs. And so we invest heavily in a number of different leadership and just educational opportunities throughout the company. And what happens is as people take advantage of this and then they have an opportunity. And for us, again, it's 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 easy to say, well, hey, keep keep learning and keep growing because there's going to be opportunity because we've had a lot of opportunity and we've promoted a number of folks from within the organization. I think by last year, the count was we probably promoted, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20 employees. And so they see that. And, and now it just, it motivates them to want it even more. Right. So it, it, it really is, you know, just this momentum that continues to build on itself because we've built these programs because we can point to the success and say, hey, look at this person, right? You know, four years ago, they were in this position. They came in, they put in their time, they worked really hard, they learned our business, and, and they prepared themselves. And then when the, present, the opportunity presented itself, they were able to jump right in and, and just have a heavy impact, not only for the company, but also for themselves, right? And, and now it's, they like their job, they're, they're getting promoted, they're making more money, they're, they're leading a team. And so, We've really just continued to to build the bench because we know that for us to grow, that has to happen. 
but it's also about, you know, helping these folks and helping our, our team to, to improve their own situation, right? We talk about in one of our key mantras, and it's really our mission statement is improve lives. And, and we're in healthcare, so it's obvious we're trying to improve the lives of the people that we work with. But we also are very committed to improving the lives of our employees. And part of that is through them continuing to you know, grow as individuals, them continuing to, to, to make more money and be a bigger part of the organization. And so for us, it's just a big it's a, it's a big culture uh, component for us. And, and it just we firmly believe in it because obviously you're only going to go as far as your people take you. Right. And so for us, it's just heavy commitment. And, and, and we've been fortunate enough to have a lot of that momentum just continue to build on itself. So uh, to see the success of the whole like stacking the bench and getting ahead of the next layers or, or the next leaders that come in, I wondered if you have an example of someone, and there's probably lots of them in your organization, but just somebody that stands out as far as I remember when they went on the bench, like when I saw this in them and now where they're at in the company, like, wow, that journey. And, you know, if we wouldn't have, you know, it may have happened organically at some point, but intentionally, like, we remember identifying them and putting the, them on that bench and now seeing what they've done to game change the company. Anything come to mind? Yeah. So you're right. We have a, we have a number of, of great examples in there. I think, you know, one of the, one of the guys that comes to mind for me, his name is Jason. He's a, he's a regional director in the company and on the sales side. And, you know, he started with the company probably 10 years ago and he came in as an inside sales rep and, you know, came in straight out of college didn't know anything about the industry or, or really anything, right? He just <laughs> came out of school um, and inside sales and, and literally just grinding it out, took his time, learned the business, understood the, the paperwork process, the sales process, the product you know, that we offer, and, and literally just took his time and was very patient, but also persistent, right? We want people to be patient because I do find that sometimes people expect to move too quickly. The ones that are really successful understand that it takes time to learn what you're doing. And so, Inside sales rep, learned that as much as he could, went to an outside sales rep, became a top rep, you know, prepared himself for an opportunity. We moved him to a, a local sales manager role, you know, and, and the kind of person that just every opportunity he got, he moved into just, you know, very humble mindset, but hungry. And really, how do I continue to do more and help others and, and not thinking about himself, truly just how do I help others? And, and as he did that, he kept learning and kept growing. And just every time we have a new opportunity, he's the guy that's like, hey, I think he's ready. Let's let's give him an opportunity and let's give him the support that he needs. Right. I think that's the other piece is moving someone to a new role. You got to support them and have a clear plan of how they're going to be successful in that role and then give them the opportunity to shine. And so, you know, he, he's just a great success story for us, because every time there was an opportunity, he took it, he, he prepared for it. He busted his rear end to make it be very successful. And, and now he's, you know, one of the, one of the top positions in the company on the sales side and just, just a great example. Um, you know, and he's a great person. That's awesome. Well, Kevin, this uh, time flew by. <laughs> this was so fun and loaded with a lot of impact. So really excited to see uh, the response that we get from the Gut Plus Science community. We're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor message today, and we'll be right back with what we call our lightning round, where we'll get to learn just a little bit more about you, the personal side of you, Kevin. We'll be right back. Are you still using Pulse surveys? How about annual questionnaires? If your organization relies on either of these, it's time to discover Amplify. Amplify has created a new way to measure employee engagement. It's where CEOs who want to know what's really happening within a workforce go to get honest feedback and to understand what needs to change for people to love their work. Companies that have used Amplify have increased productivity by as much as 30% in just three months. Best of all, 
It's not just data that Amplify provides. Executives get hands-on coaching with engagement specialists, people who know exactly what to do with the data. To see their latest research on employee engagement, visit Amplify.com. All right, just wrapping up our episode today with Kevin Gearhart. This is a, it's been a wonderfully impactful episode. Loved every second of it. Just a couple of questions to wrap us up. We do this lightning round where we just get a little insight on the personal side of our guests. So Kevin, my first question is always hard to pick out a very favorite book or um, just a, a book that you would recommend to our listeners. What would that be? Um, book would be Can't Hurt Me. Uh, it's by David Goggins. He's an ex-SEAL, went through the Navy SEAL process a number of times, uh, and it just... It, it talks about just the challenges that he had and the adversity he faced and just how he overcame it and just his mindset of overcoming that. I just think it's a very powerful story. Some of the examples he gives that, that he goes through the book, they're, they're really just amazing and just a really good read. How about a favorite vacation spot? Uh, I like going to uh, Colorado. I like to go skiing with the family, get away, get outdoors, uh, you know, just, just breathe in the fresh air and, and also get some physical activity. Definitely, uh, definitely like to go out west. I love Colorado too. And every time that I've been to Denver, I put it on my list, get to Boulder. It's not that far and I still haven't been. So it's still on my list to get to Boulder at some point. Favorite hobby when you're not working, Kevin? Um, when I'm not working, just spending time with my family. Uh, I like getting outdoors with, with the kids. I have three boys and, you know, whether it's watching them play sports or getting out, you know, going bike riding with them or going kayaking or just, just anything outdoors with my family and my boys. I love doing that. That's awesome. And how can our listeners connect with you after the show today? Uh, they can connect with me on LinkedIn uh, or on uh, on any of the social media outlets, uh, Twitter, or they can go to rehabmedical.com and take a look at our company. Awesome. And we'll make sure to include that in the show notes, your information. Thanks, Kevin. Nikki, thank you so much. All right. So today's Truth You Can Act On episode with Kevin Gearhart was awesome. And it was full of quotes. I loved it. So that's how I'm going to wrap up the Truth You Can Act On today with the quotes by Kevin Gearhart. Number one, what works today may not work tomorrow. So be ahead of the game. Number two, if you're not evolving, you're dying. So get everyone on board with embracing change in your organization and make it a cultural norm. It's hard for people. So really working on that and building a muscle for that is, and it takes time. Number three, execution drives strategy. So don't wait till perfect and don't be afraid of change. And number four, stack your leadership bench. Always be recruiting your next leaders. Kevin, awesome show. Can't wait to have you back on. We're definitely planning that. We'll see you next time, guys. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.